Welcome to the Nifty Podcast, presented by Partyfish Media, a showcase of the best emerging filmmakers under the age of 25 from all around the world. Film starts here at the virtual Nifty 2020 from Seattle, Washington. My name is Kevin Connor, and I'm one of the senior programmers for this year's festival, and today we've got a good one. On the other line, we got Ellie Stern, director, animator, and sound designer for a film called Waste Away, which played in the powerful grit screening at this year's festival in addition to being a programmer staff pick. Ellie, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing I'm doing good. You know, I'm excited to to get into this one. Uh, like I yeah, said before. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I, I thank you for being here. We're really excited to have you. Um, I think kind of right off the bat, I was kind of hoping if you could kind of set the scene with uh, Waste Away here. Can you give us some sort of for context if any of our listeners haven't had the opportunity to catch it quite yet? Yeah, of course. Um, so Waste Away is my BFA thesis film at Massachusetts College of Art and Design, where I went to college. Um, and it's a surreal stop motion short about a homeless who a homeless woman who becomes pregnant with a fish. Um, and the responsibility of motherhood kind of gives her the strength to fight for her survival while the forces of nature threaten to overtake her. Um, and it kind of examines the neglected city atmosphere of like, you know, gross rundown cities and kind of emphasizes the humanity's destructive impact on the environment. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. I think there's a lot to unpack there. I want to get to it all. Uh, I think I think first I want to tackle kind of the medium that that Waste Away employs first before we kind of dive into the story and, and those mm-hmm. those themes. Um, what was kind of initially striking to me watching watching Waste Away was kind of that state of decay and neglect that you that you talk about in terms of the setting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we have these like worn down buildings where people seem to be flinging trash out their windows onto the streets. Right. Uh, And then like kind of stylistically, like you said, um, we have kind of trash being physically or physically comprising everything that we Mm -hmm. see like in the animation, for example, I think water and other liquids are made out of like plastics. Yeah. It's plastic wrap. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I kind of want, I was wondering if you could walk us through like why animation for this film, why stop motion animation, and then why stop motion with, with trash or with the the discard. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So basically animation, um, I studied animation in school, so Definitely, that's kind of why I indulge in animation. But in the first place, I think um, I've been drawing my entire life and um, I kind of got sick of the 2D medium and I wanted to kind of see art come to life through the video medium. So that's why I decided to start animating um, to begin with. And stop motion in particular, I feel like the more I did it, the more I fell in love with it. Um, I just really love the hands-on tactile aspect of stop motion, how you can, you know, physically make things move um, through photographs. And there's so much to do with like depth of lighting and like textures and materials you can use. I think there's so much, um, so much that you can go into with stop motion. Um, And for this film in particular, I guess I always, once I started thinking of the ideas for it, um, I knew I wanted to do in stop motion first because I loved it. Um, But second, because I thought that um, especially when it comes to fabrication, there's so much opportunity to go with a kind of theme of the film, which is trash. And I was just really excited to, you know, it's talking about environmental neglect. And I was like, what better way to express that um, than by making everything out of trash? Um, So that was definitely a really fun aspect to kind of like begin the project in the pre-production phase. Um, And then once I started animating and capturing it through camera, especially, you know, with the plastic wrap water, it just really was brought to life through stop motion. So I think it was, you know, the perfect medium I could have used in that manner. 
Yeah, I'm, I, I'm really glad you brought up that tactile nature because I, I de- mm-hmm. definitely think it comes through very clear. Um, I kind of find myself watching the film in like two ways. Like I obviously see like the narrative storyline and I want to, we're about to get right into that because I mean, <laughs> I'm sure with the, with that summary you gave earlier, there's a lot to get into, but yeah. <laughs> I'm watching it through through that way. And then because it's made out of this trash, I'm always constantly reminded about these familiar objects that like a lot of the the things are made out of um mm-hmm. obviously that's by design so i guess what are you what were you hoping to achieve with that and and, ha- and did it turn out exactly how how you wanted it to um so the whole kind of city architecture the environment um, was actually inspired i was born and raised in tel aviv in israel um so kind of the atmosphere of that city is what inspired um waste away kind of like the there's a lot of concrete rundown buildings and like wires exposed and um, air conditioning units that are leaking everywhere. Um, and there's, you know, it's a lot of trash everywhere. I think that's kind of a presence in many cities. I've um, lived in many cities in my life. And I think definitely trash is like a reoccurring theme. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that's kind of, I want it to be a city that everyone can kind of, even though it was inspired by Tel Aviv specifically, I want it to be a city that everyone kind of felt familiar with because you know, there's like a shot of a bike with a stolen wheel and, you know, just like specific like cigarette disposal areas. And just I feel like every city has that kind of like they always caught my eye, those little areas that are kind of like disgusting and run down, but they're just interesting to look at. And everyone is familiar with them. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then then you kind of have this um, this soundtrack that kind of adds to kind of the surreal nature of, mm-hmm. of your film. Um, and kind of strikes this specific tone. Can you talk about what went into making that and, and what you're trying to achieve and, and everything that, that went into that? I think with the sound design, I was really excited to start working on that once post-production came around because cities are just filled with sounds. Like cities are just a soundscape of their own. And they're, I can't even tell you how many separate audio files went into every single scene when it came to the sound design because there's just like everything from like, cars honking to wind to like people in the background and cars driving by and you know alarms going off and it's just really exciting to kind of I feel like even just like taking a walk in the city and just observing all the sound you can just hear the amount of life that goes into it um and I kind of wanted as the film goes along and gets more that kind of like ominous dramatic tone towards the end um I was really excited to kind of see how the soundscape shifts um, and I kind of add more drone tones in and kind of like low humming to kind of make it more ominous and as the film goes on I kind of got rid of most of the people and the honking car sounds to kind of bring that feeling that something bad's gonna happen um, so yeah I feel like a lot of tension went into um, the kind of sound design aspect of it and then when it comes to the music, um, I actually worked with my cousin, um, Daniel Haas. He's an amazing musician. So he did the soundtrack for it. Um, and I think the music that he made for it really just brought that kind of all the drama scenes. Um, I kind of wanted his music to go in specific scenes where something kind of like heightened with emotions happening. So the first track kind of starts when she gets pregnant in the alleyway or is about to eat the fish and then music goes away for a while and the city sounds come back. And then towards the end when um, the tsunami is about to engulf the um, the city, then the music comes back. And I think um, he did a really great job of, at bringing that like emotion and fear and all of these things that I was trying to express, um, but that music did a better job at expressing <laughs> than just sound design. 
Um, so yeah, it's kind of how all the sound stuff came together. It, re- it really produces something that's very engrossing. So it really works out. So that's great to hear. Um, you know, I hope we've given people kind of a good sense of like the visual aspect of Waste, Waste Away, because I think that's a very good place to start. Mm-hmm. But I want to kind of get into the story, you know, okay. <laughs> oh, right off the bat, like a lot of themes jump out to me, mm-hmm. talking about them, you know, environmental uh, negligence, kind of estrangement from society, maybe um, crumbling infrastructure. I'm, I'm curious what kind of the if there was a first idea or first theme that you have for Waste Away and what it looked like. And then how'd you go about kind of layering that up with everything else? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like my filmmaking process usually begins with an image that kind of appears in my mind. Um, and for Waste Away, I kind of had this image of a homeless woman digging into her stomach and revealing a fish inside. And um, that image alone was enough to kind of keep me thinking about it just because of the absurdity and surrealism of it. Um, And at the time when I first saw that image, I was thinking a lot about climate change um, as I still am. It's just such a big big part of our lives now. Um, And I was kind of thinking about how I could connect climate change to that image Um, And that's when I started thinking about the idea of motherhood and like that woman maybe mothering that fish in a way and um, kind of feeling connected to that aspect of nature. Um, But also because she's homeless, like she's alienated from the world in her own way, kind of as the fish is, you know, being thrown out of the trash um, or out of the window through the trash to kind of into this world that it didn't want to be in. Um, So yeah, I think that's kind of the how the initial idea came around. And then I thought that um, a kind of natural disaster sort of aspect had to happen to first kind of incite that incident in the story, but also I wanted the fish to somehow be returned to its home. Um, so that's, so water had to be a part of that. And then um, once, you know, the tsunami engulfed the city and um, I kind of wanted to leave the end on an unknown note of like what happens to her really. But like, all we know is she kind of rebirthed that fish back into its world and, Um, We don't really know what her outcome is, although it's kind of assumed that she (laughs) probably drowns. Um, But yeah, that's kind of how the narrative came full circle um, through the aspects that I wanted to show in the narrative. Yeah. It's something that like, I think with like climate change and a lot of these other big ideas that you mentioned, um, it's, it's really effective to kind of draw that line from something that, you know, affects us all, um, but also down to individuals, especially individuals uh, like like the homeless that it would affect first or affect mm-hmm. maybe the most as well. And I think that, you know, Waste Away is not, it, it's it's under five minutes, I believe. It's not a super yeah. long uh, a short and the way it's able to draw that connection and also upon all these other things, I think is really um, just really engrossing, like I was saying earlier. Um, Thank you. Of course. Um, I look, I'm glad we talked about the fish because uh, I, I got the story about the fish because I needed that personally. And I'm sure most people that, that watch the watch the short uh, need to know the, the background of that. So I'm, I'm glad we got the origin stories there. Great. I'm, ha- I'm happy to provide it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm always kind of interested in, in the twists and turns that a story or a film takes on before it's on screen. Um, mm-hmm. Did this short kind of change at all or evolve throughout the process? Or is it more or less what you you envisioned with that with that first image of, of a woman mm-hmm. giving birth to a fish? It definitely evolved a lot. Um, I actually found the first, you know, my mis- initial image of the fish in her stomach, that was the first thing I thought of. But then once I started thinking more deeply about the relationship, there were like many drafts of the story where 
maybe she was never pregnant in the fish. Like she was about to eat and she realized it was alive. And then she wanted to kind of like, I thought that maybe throughout the whole film, she should just like carry it in her arms. And then there was a scenario where she swallowed it and passed out. And there was some sort of dream sequence. (laughs) There were definitely a lot of drafts that I had to go through and kind of narrow it down to what I thought was the most powerful um, and once I realized that I definitely want her to become pregnant with a fish, um, I think that made it a bit easier. Um, but I mean, I think it's it's hard to remember all the setbacks now that it's over. Um, there were definitely a lot of learning curves, um, at least when it comes to the production of it. Um, but I think the story, once I kind of nailed down what I wanted to be, it kind of stayed the way it was, I think, throughout the whole process. And I think most of the kind of changes happened with how the set de- set designs turned out to be and, um, you know, animating and what's feasible and what's not feasible and kind of the um, post-production when it comes to like the digital integration of stop motion. I feel like that was kind of, with the whole green screen, I feel like that was the most kind of part where everything changed, at least design-wise and style-wise. Um, but yeah, I think the story, I think it stayed mostly what it turned out to be. <laughs> sure. Um, by that token, by now, I'm sure you've seen this film a large number of times. Oh, yeah. It's, it's ingrained <laughs> in, you, in your brain. Um, do you have a different experience with it now, like watching it now, than when it first was completed? Do you notice anything mm-hmm. new about it? Or or is it roughly kind of the, the same film um, from when you first wrapped? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it definitely changes every time I watch it. I think now... I haven't I actually haven't seen it in a while because I feel like I needed a break from watching it. Um, but definitely when I was watching it before I released it into the world and then I started watching it after, like I got all the feedback, I definitely saw it in a different way because I just heard so many people's interpretations of it and just it made me like notice things about it that I didn't even like people were like, Oh, did you mean to like include biblical themes in it and stuff? And I was like, No, but that that's a cool, it's a cool thing. And then like I'm watching it, and I'm like, Oh yeah, Jonah and the whale, like there's totally all of that in there. Um, so it's definitely cool hearing what everyone else thinks of it and then kind of seeing it through that lens of other people's views of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have to give it another watch and see if, if I notice new things about it. I feel like definitely because it was, I worked on it for 10 months. Um, so it took up a huge chunk of my life. Um, the last four months were actually done in quarantine. So I feel like I've been through such a journey with it. Um, so sometimes, you know, I feel like when I see clips of it, I'm like, wow, I can't even believe I made that. Like, that feels like a whole different person. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> Definitely. That, that's, that's, a, that's quite the story. Ten months. Wow. <laughs> um, w- do you have any hopes, uh, you know, if an audience, you know, sits down in, in the theater or, or virtually at their home and watches Waste Away? Do you, have any, do you have any hopes about what they take out from it? Maybe even if just a feeling or maybe a specific thought or two? I'm not really sure. I feel like when I knew that I wanted to touch on the issue of climate change, I didn't want to make it like a PSA, like public service announcement movie, movie where it kind of tells people what to do or like, you know, climate change is wrong, like you must do something. Um, I definitely want people to do something about climate change, but I don't, I don't know if I kind of just wanted to maybe start a conversation or a thought process, maybe just put on people's minds more. Um, but there's, there's a lot to be changed in the world. Um, I hope that maybe one day my film will incite someone to change something. Um, but yeah, I guess kind of just 
spark a thought about anything <laughs> related that's that, to that. <laughs> that's sometimes that's that's the most you can do. That can yeah. create so much. <laughs> um, it definitely sparks some thoughts on, on our programming staff. Um, right. uh, it, what's next for for you, and what's next for Waste Away? Is it is this kind of a like on the festival circuit? I know I know it was mm-hmm. your thesis film. Um, is this the beginning of its journey? I know it, it sounds like you wrapped it up a couple, a few months ago, mm-hmm. um, but is there a plan for that? And then is there a plan for you post waste away? Have you been, have you been making something else? What, what's the future kind of hold for you? Um, so when it comes to waste away, um, it's definitely running its festival circuit right now. Uh, I finished in May and it came out in June. So it's really kind of at the beginning of its journey. Um, I know festival circuits usually run like around two years, so I, I hope there is still some time for it to, you know, reach far places in the world. Hopefully real life festivals come back before its life is over. <laughs> um, so that's that. And when it comes to me, I just moved to Vancouver, actually. I got a job at a stop motion company here, um, Spotted Fawn Productions. So I've been kind of indulging in the work life, which has been really exciting to, I've never worked at an animation studio before, so I feel really honored to kind of contribute to um, someone else's process of creative making. Um, so I, d- I definitely want to indulge back into like my own filmmaking at some point. I just feel like honestly, Waste Away really wore me out and um, I'm really enjoying kind of working here. Um, so I hope one day I'll have some more time to make a new film, but I feel like I'm already kind of like writing down some ideas, but nothing, nothing to share yet. I think <laughs> well, hopefully we'll, soon. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be waiting, but you know, congrats on the, on the move and congrats on the job. Um, that sounds really exciting. Um, kind of uh, taking a step back from waste away and kind of just talking to you as a, as a filmmaker, you, you know, we know where you've ended up in terms of Vancouver uh, at the animation studio. And we've seen some of your recent work, but let's go all the way back. Uh, walk us through like the early stages of your filmmaking journey. You mentioned, you know, you were drawn every day and you kind of exhausted the 2D medium, but, and, mm-hmm. and you were either born or grew up in Tel Aviv, but kind of give us a, give us more of a outline of, of that journey for you. All right. Um, so yeah, I was born in Tel Aviv um, to artist parents. My mom's a painter and my dad's an architect. So they kind of have always, I'm really lucky to have parents that encourage my artistic journey. And um, we're really happy that I was going into that life. Um, and I feel like every, ever since I was a child, I was just drawing all the time. Like I was known as like the girl who draws everywhere. And my family would just like see me sitting in the corner by myself and just <laughs> doodling. Um, that was always my thing. And then um, when I was 12, I actually moved from Tel Aviv to Toronto. Um, And then I did middle school and high school there. And then I moved to Boston for college. Um, So I've kind of moved around a lot um, and did all that um, and continued that kind of artistic journey once I started going to college. Um, And yeah, and then I decided to major in animation because I was kind of getting sick of the 2D medium, as you said. Um, and actually it's funny cause I didn't want to give up drawing, which is why I went into animation, not like film. But when I actually started, um, we kind of had to cover all the animation mediums. So, you know, like 2d traditional animation and then like did some stop motion and, um, some other stuff. Um, and I actually, when I indulged in like the 2d, um, animation aspect and kind of like digital animation, I really, really hated it. And before I kind of um, got into stop motion, I was even considering not animating at all because I was like, I don't, I don't like this. Like, it's too hard. It takes up too much time. Like, my hand hurts. I was, it was overwhelming, like, the first two years. Um, but my first uh, stop motion class was this experimental stop motion class. 
And once I started doing that, I was like, this is, this is it for me. Like, this is the medium I choose. Um, and yeah, that's what I decided to do since that first class. And yeah, that's, that's what I love and what I've chosen. <laughs> We're so glad you, that you found it and you kind of uh, renewed that, that uh, drive or at least found something that, that kind of rekindled it. Um, through any of that journey, um, are there, are there people or artists that you looked up to or you felt particularly mm-hmm. influenced by, um, maybe particularly for Waste Away or maybe something not for Waste Away and you're just inspired by this person or this group of people? Yeah, um, definitely I've always been inspired by surrealism as like a genre of art. Um, and more recently, I feel like once I started um, getting into animation, kind of learning more about animators, um, I've been really inspired by female animators, um, especially Alison Chulnick and Susan Pitt. Um, those are kind of the animators I look up to the most. Um, Alison Chulnick in spe- specifically, I feel like once I started getting into into stop motion more specifically. Um, she is just such a talented artist. Like she does things with um, like plasticine and clay that I just have never seen someone do. And just, she brings so much emotion into her work. Like some of her pieces have just made me cry. They're just so beautiful. And so I love how she kind of never has a solid narrative, but it still makes you feel something. And like, it really says something. Um, so that's really powerful. And Susan Pitt's just like a classic animator. I feel like I don't have to say much about her, but she's just like a surrealist um, animator with really strong um, themes and kind of, she also has that way of bringing out emotion. I really like when um, artists bring out emotion in a powerful way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it comes through in how passionate you talk about them, that <laughs> that, that there's something special and I'm, I'm going to check them out as soon as this is done because yeah, you I, mean, I mean if they're anything like waste away and if it's influenced that it will be something i don't something know if cool. they're i don't know if i'm there yet but <laughs> same ballpark same, same ballpark give yourself some credit uh, well you know um uh i i think i heard waste away is online currently yeah um, so people online. can go and find it but where can people find um follow you or or find more of your work online um, so you can check out my Vimeo. Um, it's Ellie Stern, E-L-L-Y-S-T-E-R-N. That's my username. And Waste Away is up on there. So you can check that out. And then um, I also have a website, elliestern.com. Same spelling. Yeah. And you can check out my Instagram too. It's Ellie underscore Stern. Just look up Ellie Stern on Google and you'll find all my stuff. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Seems pretty easy. Don't have well, very interesting usernames. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to thank you for taking the time today. We are so stoked to play Waste Away at Nifty. Uh, and we're just excited to, to hear your thoughts and kind of get you to elaborate on, on this surreal little film. Um, and I also want to kind of thank everyone for listening. You know, uh, Waste Away is under five minutes. So go ahead and, and check it out. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> thank you for having me I, I love this <laughs> of course of course um, but for now for, for more information on Nifty 2020 uh, the talented youth or for more emerging filmmakers check out nifty.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter at NFFTY or, or on Instagram at Nifty Film um, for more podcasts from Party Fish Media search Party Fish Media wherever you listen to your podcast or follow us on social media at Party Fish Media uh, we'll see you next time
Partyfish Media. Partyfish Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliott Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.